0: Welcome back to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. This is Soul, your host. In this episode, you get to sample some of the highlights of our book club May discussions on the chapter one of Pay Me What I'm Worth. In chapter one, it's all about our material world. Our journey as book club members is to explore our sense of worth on multiple levels. We begin our journey by looking at something concrete, our stuff. Meaning, what we wear, what we eat, where we live, what we drive, all of those things. How does that shape our sense of worth? As we dive into a portion of our discussions, uh, just a quick reminder, book club members, please remember to log in to pay 411co Again, the word pay, the number is 411.co. Get yourself logged in, navigate out to the May page, and we can continue on this discussion anytime. For those who'd like to be members, use that same site, pay411.co. Check out everything we offer for our book club members. It's way more than just a discussion group. And now we dive into a conversation in progress. Grab that paper; You'll need it. What is it that you, from a material world, what is it that when company comes over or you're about to go out or you're about to present yourself in some form or fashion, whether that's something as simple as going out to lunch with a friend you've known for decades or you're meeting somebody for the first time from a material world, what do you do?
1: I know if I'm going to meet somebody for the first time, I want to look presentable. I'm probably going to tidy up the room or my house if they're coming over to my house. There's that desire to look presentable. I want my material world to look good in front of their eyes.
2: If I'm going out where I know there's going to be other people, whether it's PTA meeting, church, or some other social function, I always want to look my best and put my best foot forward.
0: Okay. How often has things like a person's car, their make or model, their zip code, their place of employment, what does that do for you when it comes to... Connecting with people.
2: If I go in and meet a friend, or meet anybody, it doesn't have to be a friend. If I go into a business and look at who's wearing the suit, who's wearing the casual outfit, I kind of try to determine what the function of that person might be. In that setting, are they a member of the establishment there, or are they just visiting? Okay. Uh, What could be a giveaway as to somebody's position in an establishment? Who's the boss? Who's the support? Who can you ask a question and get a reliable answer?
0: Okay. How is it that we use our stuff to communicate? Fran was just talking about she sizes somebody up by the way they dress, by the way they, what's going on with where they're at within a a particular social function. So we're communicating something about our self-worth with what we wear, what we don't wear, right? Right. Well,
3: I, I missed out on a lot of proms because I was not cut part of the IT group. I was always running to the beat of my own drum, so I did not particularly care for getting involved in a lot of that stuff, you know, just because I didn't feel like I fit in with certain groups. But that was high school. Got it. Okay.
4: Thank you, Ron. For me, actually, it is smells more than anything else. And ah,
0: always- you're yeah. reading my mind. I knew she was going to do this. <laughs>
4: all of our senses are what lead us to our conclusions or our, or our judgments or, or that sort of thing. But for me, if I walk into a home and it smells all fresh and clean, I automatically have a happier experience, positive thought on a person. Then if I walk into the home and it smells like cat poo and pee and dirty and all of that kind of thing, you just get a completely different impression of that person and what they're all about, right?
0: Totally. Are you beginning to, ladies and gentlemen, begin to see how we use our senses to navigate our sense of worth when it comes to stuff? That's really the focus of chapter one. Who has some stories about times where, let's say, you're really excited. Maybe you got engaged. Look at this ring. Maybe you got graduated. Look at this diploma or this certificate. Maybe there is something you earned. A trophy, a button, a ribbon, and you showcased that. Who has some stories about some exciting times where they were honored and they received something for their hard work? I never really felt the desire to showcase because
3: I felt like that was gloating and I didn't feel that was my place to gloat. That was the way my family always raised it. Well, you worked hard for it once you graduate, but
0: yourself, as they said, it's not your place to gloat show it off a very interesting facet to the material world that we haven't often discussed and that facet is competition how many different ways do we compete when it comes to stuff <laughs>
1: oh my goodness
0: <laughs> well when you stop and consider in our material world We're evolving now into a a culture where we got this device that's constantly binging and chiming and chirping and tweeting and bleeping about the latest of thises and thises, right? Right. Yep. Part of our journey together on this book club is building a relationship, right? First with ourselves and and then with others. True? True.
5: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Yep. And so I'm curious about when it comes to our stuff in competition, how many different flavors of competition are we aware of? And I'll throw out a real classic example. During the months of November and December, have you ever had a competition with yourself when it comes to the whole gift giving aspect? That was my past. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to stuff in our sense of worth, Keeping up with the Joneses is a common competition thing. Has anybody got a story about a time where they were keeping up with the Joneses? As a child of the 80s, doesn't it seem like the 80s was really big
3: on keeping up with the Joneses? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah? I got to get that Atari. (laughs) Yeah?
1: Oh, yeah. Teenagers. To make sure that our teenagers had the
5: the latest,
1: fandangled,
2: whatever.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really disgusting if you ever turn on a TV, especially on if you've got kids and they're really mad about that on TV. Like, oh, look at the new toys coming out.
4: <laughs>
3: isn't, isn't it interesting how the corporate world really is
0: catering to that very thing? Well let's tie in what we talked about in our last gathering doubt guilt shame and worry speaking to the parents on this call how many times has one of your children guilt tripped you shamed you into getting the latest and greatest because of whatever reason it never happened here
1: I
2: admit, it's (laughs) happened for me.
0: (laughs) When it comes to our material world, what parts of our sense of worth play a factor in our business world and competition? For example, do you have a website? Do you have a business card? These are all material items, true? True. Yep. I can remember back in the day when I was doing my consulting work. I knew if I didn't invest three to four thousand dollars on a custom-made suit, if I weren't carrying a LeBlanc pen that was valued at at least a thousand dollars, wearing shoes that were at least four to five hundred dollars, carrying a briefcase and a legal pad holder again in the thousand dollars of level that when it came time for me, for them to sign a contract where they're going to be paying me upwards to $1,000 an hour, if I didn't have the bling, do you think they would have signed that contract? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> so many of us do look on the surface first. Because if you came and you wore your blue jeans and your t-shirt and I didn't know you and you were charging me a thousand dollars an hour I'd be going what who do we have here (laughs) what's going on
0: (laughs) Well, as I just posted to Samantha's blog the very first teacher that I experienced in my life at 11 years of age I thought was a homeless bum when this man approached me I had to step back because (coughs) um, (coughs) that gentleman needed a bit of grooming (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I was kind of affronted by the earthiness of this gentleman, right? Uh-huh. How many of us automatically size other people up based on their grooming?
2: Yeah, I do.
0: Not me. No? <laughs> no. Ron T says no. All right.
2: I guess I'm shallow as a <laughs> an individual, but (laughs) if it's only self-preservation, I prefer the company of somebody that has a little bit of coos in my travels to somebody that looks slovenly or has an odor. Those kind of people, you just walk on the other side of the room and Nod, smile, and wave occasionally.
5: (laughs) But you don't really
2: encounter that person any more than you have to.
5: Okay. Uh, If I'm peddling something, no matter what it is, whether it's a product or maybe what I'm worth, since the are you listening to the story that I'm telling you? Are you looking at what I... Uh, Exactly.
2: Well, some things you got too much matter to get your mind
0: over. But, Ron, what you're saying is when you're talking to people in person, right? Right. If I'm hearing you correctly, you're actually practicing the principles versus just talking about the principles. Is that a fair statement? Yes, that's very fair. Which then, once again, here we go. Our material world is nothing but a book cover, isn't it?
5: Yeah. Mm Mhm. Speaking of book cover... Let me tell you this story. I come from a very small town, population 800 people. I have certain coffee shops and little pop restaurants. There's no such thing as fast food here in Cold Spring. I frequent quite often. And being a small town, I know most of the people in this town. When I first got involved with this book club thing, I started reading the book, and I was really fascinated with it. And it got to the point where if I was going to the coffee shop, I'd take the book with me. Uh-oh. And while I was drinking coffee, I'd read a few paragraphs or whatever I had time for. And one morning, I just decided I walked in. I didn't even open the book up. I just set it on the table. Uh Uh-huh. had several people come by me. Good morning, Ron. See you here having your coffee and everything. And they they looked at that book, and they wanted to know what it was about. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, what are you worth? Well, I'm worth a whole lot. Well, good. <laughs> but I've had a lot of people just, they're attracted by the, the name on that cover. Uh huh. Now, have they actually delved in and want to get involved? No,
0: not yet. The one thing about this book club is the book cover itself. Pay me what I'm worth. Marsha, Kareem, when you first saw this book cover, did you have any idea? you were going to get thrown into the middle of the Atlantic.
4: <laughs>
1: no.
2: <laughs> not at all.
0: I didn't.
3: I actually looked at it, and I'm like, Marsha, are you sure this is legit? I mean, the book's titled Pay Me What I'm Worth, the dude's named Soul Dancer. Are you sure it's not one of them internet things that... <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about this, but I'll give it a shot. It got me thinking about Pay Me What I'm Worth, and it got me asking the question is, when we understand our worth, is it likely that we forget to take into consideration other people's worth? Um, one of the reasons that it brought up is in a meeting and the gentleman said, Well, I wasn't getting enough out of my accountant and all this, so he decided to do it in his own and ended up costing himself a lot of money. He undervalued the worth of his own accountant. We gotta understand what we're capable of and we need other people's help in certain circumstances.
0: Following up on John's example of honoring other people's worth, how many times have you actually stopped to consider everything you have probably watch on TV, you hear on the radio, you watch on the web, if it's, quote, professionally produced, unquote, uh-huh. that there are literally tens if not hundreds of hours of editing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you I, I can imagine that.
3: You should see the motion picture industry. Woo! Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so the new Star Wars just shot. They finished wrapping. All the actors are done from now until December. It's all editing from here on out.
4: Wow. Something that just came up for me and when you were just talking about that whole audio editing and and undervaluing other people's time and then recognizing how much time it takes to do something like audio editing, I think that kind of brings me back to realizing our own worth when we do those kinds of activities and the amount of time that we spend online doing things to make them look great because we don't have the money to help pay someone else. And yet, at the same time, we feel like, oh, we're not really doing anything. <laughs> and realizing how much I was undervaluing my own time when I was doing little things like that, I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, I'm just puttering on my computer. I'm just messing around with this audio because I just want to. You're not really seeing it as valuing my own time. So that just came up for me, and I thought that that was just really interesting, and wanted to share it. So.
0: Well, Samantha, you've just brought in the whole do-it-yourself industry. Think about this. What do you consider to be your skill that you love to do? So, for example, I know that I need to pay someone good money to edit my audio files because I know my time is best spent doing what we're doing right now, hosting classes. If hmm. I decide to edit my own audio files, then I'm not teaching classes. So, in other words, if I had to, quote, pay myself what I'm missing by not teaching classes, I would have to charge myself in excess of two to $3,000 an hour to edit my own audio files. Is that a wise decision? No. Yeah. No. I have fallen into the trap of do it yourself I have been in places in my life because I can't afford a plumber that all right I'll take the time to research on the internet how to fix the toilet and I'll get my list of supplies and I'll go down to the local hardware store and I'll buy everything that I'm supposed to buy and then I screw it all up and I have to hire a plumber anyway well that really worked out well (laughs)
3: <laughs>
4: isn't there an old saying or some kind of a saying that goes along with that Uh quit jumping over a dollar to save a penny
0: oh totally <laughs> totally <laughs> our material world we can see it we can touch it we can taste it we can feel it we can smell it we can hear it it's concrete right right what do other people judge us on
1: our material world
0: by and large right right so when we stop and think about our sense of self-worth do you remember that concept of worth decay so from a sense of worth decay if i'm homeless and i can't shower i can't clean my clothes and i approach you about taking what a class called pay me what i'm worth because i wrote a book by the name of pay me what i'm worth and you look at me and I clearly need to take a shower, I clearly need to wash my clothes, would you take my class? (laughs) Probably not. Probably not, no. One of the most powerful teachers in my life, I am where I'm at because this man who stunk, this man who needed to brush his teeth in my mind, this man saw in me my potential, asked me, am i ready and something inside of me said shut up and say yes fast forward 40 some years this man's iphone has the numbers of most of the world leaders in it because they call him this man's personal wealth because of who he is and what he does and what he receives for it currently financially supports a quarter of a million people out of his own checkbook. If you met this man today on the street, I guarantee you, you would think he needed a dollar. Mm. Thoughts, reflections?
1: Show that you cannot judge a book by its cover. By
0: its cover, yeah. So how did you judge the cover of Pay Me What I'm Worth? <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh,
1: well, when I first looked at the title, I was like, what is this going to be about? Is this going to be about helping me get a J-O-B? That's the last thing I want to do.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to learn how to do resumes. <laughs> yeah, I kind of was thinking the same thing.
0: Yeah. Keep going. Unfold it. I want to hear about this. <laughs>
1: Of course, if you're talking about me just looking at the cover, right? Just the Uh cover. But then it says, even just where where it says say it, mean it, and get it, the first thing I thought was this is going to help me sharpen my interview skills and my job resumes for my job. Geez, that's really not what I wanted to do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when I saw the say it, mean it, and get it, I thought, what is it? What is it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh It was was abstract. I wanted to know what the book was just to find out what it is.
0: That caught your attention. Yeah. Okay. So this material item, Kareem, that you have in your hands, that you started reading, Ron T. Ron T., you started reading this and something told you to keep reading it versus just throw it in the bin or donate it to the local library. Well? Yeah? Well, can I give you my first opinion of it? I would hope so. When I first received the book from Miss Marsha, I looked at it and I, oh God, another ebook. The reason why I'm asking this question about the material world and having you think about this is, how many things are you doing for yourself right now, because you think you don't have enough time or enough money that you need for something for the material world? How many of you are taking this time, work a nine-to-five, or help someone work a nine-to-five, to do something that they really don't want to do, but it's paying the bills? As Marcia, you were saying you really didn't want another J-O-B, right?
1: Exactly. I mean, I don't mind working from home, but I do not want to have to go back to that. Going to an office, having to be there at a certain time, and having to... I, I just dreaded that whole idea, that whole thought, just really turned my stomach on top of that, spending an hour or two on the bus just to get there and then an hour or two.
2: Corporate America the doesn't really pay you what you're worth, does it?
0: Never. Yeah. No. When somebody tells me they can't afford to be part of pay me what I'm worth, they can't afford to be part of the book club or they can't afford to be part of a class. I you can't do- afford not to. Well that's they don't know that, but I feel sad because what that person's telling me is they can't afford fifteen dollars. They're not worth fifteen dollars. Right.
2: Guilty as charge I said the same thing when you approached me. I know I was one of the people that gave you the ten most popular reasons why you can't do something. But I'm so glad I didn't listen to myself.
0: (laughs) Well, we're glad you (laughs) didn't listen too. We're glad you're here. I think of all those people up in Canada. Their entire town got burned down. There are people that literally had to flee their house. They didn't have time to pack up. They had to flee flames. And they have nothing... Left, right, right. What would your sense of worth feel like right now, this very minute, if you were in some camp because your home was burned down?
4: Be at a zero. Mm-hmm. Helpless and think, thinking to yourself, "I wish I could have done more for
0: my family." Anybody else feel like Connie? Thank you, Connie.
3: I don't know if I'd feel that way because it would be something that's out of my control. My house burning down was, was is not my fault. This is a natural disaster that occurred. I've been in a fire. My mom and I, she, yeah. I, I yeah. lost like a lot of stuff, but it didn't bother me. I know everything can be replaced. It's material.
0: Okay. Yeah. Who else feels like Chris? For a lot
4: of years, we've gone from place to place and and had different. You know, things happen. You know, we used to live on a river. Living on the river it would flood sometimes and we lost things in the flood that I thought were you know, the first time it happened it was, it was like it was so important. It was devastating. But when I was going through all of that stuff that got damaged, there were a few things that I could have kept and cleaned and made the effort to restore and all of those kinds of things and As I really looked at the things and determined what it was that I truly valued in them, I realized it was the memories. It was the things inside of myself that the object personified, per se, and I was able to let those things go because it wasn't the thing that really mattered. It was those feelings that I had inside of myself. And so the next time we had a flood, I was able to let those go without... being a really big deal and then we moved we moved into another house and i'm like okay well i don't really need all this stuff i don't want to haul it around with me it was like this burden the stuff each time that we would move i would get rid of more and more stuff until just a few years ago we we went completely to the point where we got rid of everything and gotten our camper and, and we were in a camper for a couple of years. And I know a lot of people were kind of looking at me like, oh, they're destitute and they have nothing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there feeling like I'm the most free I have ever felt in my life, you know? <laughs> And so I am sitting here experiencing this, and yet then I also, family members kind of looking at me like I must be crazy. I didn't know that this is something that my husband struggles with because he likes stuff, you know,
0: and I'm like, ah, stuff, it's just stuff, I don't really care about it. Well, Samantha, you've gotten to the goal of chapter one. So, and Chris, you have embraced the goal of chapter one this journey that we're on with this book club we can go all over the place with this our material world can often deceive us as to our sense of worth in a nutshell chapter one i would like you all to stop and really think about from a material world what's that doing for you how is it helping you be you how is Connie's material world shaping Connie's, okay. Connie's sense of Connie? How is Francis's material world, Chris's, Kareem's, Ron's, Marsha's? How is your material world helping or hurting your sense of worth, right? Right. Yeah. What are you getting out of this conversation?
1: I know that if I don't find the worth, inside of me that I'm going to fall apart if it depends on my material world so I better get in touch with the fact that my worth is about me and I will be able to get through whatever struggles that I do have in my life because my worth is within me. It's not based on my material world.
0: Mm, yum. That's huge, Marcia. That is really huge. I am on board with Marcia.
4: I'm learning each and every day that I'm worthy, and I'll scream it, I'll yell it, I'm worthy, I'm, I'm a good person.
0: Deep breath. There you go.
4: And that appreciated, I'm worthy to my friends and my family. I think I'm starting to really get
0: this self-worth. Beautiful. Uh, Connie, are you beginning thank you. are you beginning to get in touch with how much crap we've been programmed to believe? Yes. Yeah. And Marsha, as you've come to more deeply dive into uh, unshakable if is if that's an is that an accurate word, Marsha, an unshakable knowing? That you're worthy
1: it's absolutely unshakable i know i am worth it's within me it's inside of me i absolutely know that whatever happens i still have all the worth because it's like the treasures that i have inside of me that treasure hunt the treasures are inside of me
0: and even as you experience what other students are experiencing The aging process. I'm recalling one student who was sharing how much joy she used to once have by playing the piano, but now because of her age and her ability, she can no longer play that piano. And there was a sense of worth decay there that because she could no longer play the piano, there was now a less, she was less of a person. My point being, Marcia, you've recognized That regardless of what happens to you physically, you're still worth it, yeah?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Now that I do not know how to put an actual physical price tag to.
2: You can't, it's intangible.
0: So you're beginning to now see this deeper work. Marsha, even though you probably cursed my name many a times, it's worth it. (laughs) yeah
1: oh yes absolutely, absolutely. And it's amazing how, as I did my own work, I didn't realize how much rewiring was actually taking place inside of me a- until I just realized it. I mean, it just I don't even know how it happened. It must be the work that I did on myself, <laughs> mm.
2: Mm-hmm. I did not enter this realm of pay me what I'm worth with the dedication, my own time that I do now. Now it's just like a hunger that I want to beat and I want to delve into it and I want to to own it.
0: Well, that's what we're doing. As we begin to wrap, I know that Marsha, you're pulling another class together, and I know that, Francis, you're going to be helping Marcia do that, so thank you for that. Well, I sincerely bow to all of you for being curious about who you are, what you're doing, what you want to do more of or less of in the world. I am deeply, deeply grateful for all of your hard work and for being here.
2: Thank you, and you're welcome. Thank you,
0: Sal now just remember we can continue on the conversation by logging in online and diving into the may hub page for this call and if you need help with that reach out to either Marsha or kareem they're both trained on how to do that aloha everybody aloha thank you aloha soul
5: soul. thank you
1: take care everybody
2: and thanks everybody for coming
0: aloha all right folks you got a sampling of what we've been talking about for chapter one of Pay Me What I'm Worth. Book Club members, remember to continue on this conversation by logging into pay411.co so that you can continue on sharing your thoughts about what we're talking about. The more we share with each other, the more we get to learn and grow. For members, keep in mind you have access to the full conversation This episode is a fraction of what we've been talking about. For those who have yet to join us in our book club, it's very easy to join. You can pick a membership that fits your needs by visiting pay411.co. When you visit pay411.co, the first thing you'll see is a calendar of events. Hopefully, we'll see you in our next club meeting. Aloha! Aloha!